On this week's Spoko Radio, we talk about our favorite Iowa things. We go down memory lane with our favorite things about Iowa in Iowa City. We also talk about Oliver Martin's eligibility as we're getting ever closer to the football season officially kicking off. Sit back, relax, and get ready for the boom. Unbeaten no more. Piling on now is Iowa as they crack the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes. But when his number was called, seven got six. Welcome to Spoko Radio, presented by Blackheart Gold Pants, SB Nation's community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host, DC, and with me as always, it's... Jerry Sherwin. Jerry, what's going on? That's Stone Cold Jerry Sherwin after this week on the Pants website. You better go to the site and check out the reason why. If you don't know, Jared made some wrestling comparisons in his D-line preview. Go check it out at Blackheart Gold Pants. And if Jerry gets an intro song, the only, it's only fair if a champ gets one too. And I think the most appropriate one for the people's champ is... If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Champ, how's things going? Woo-hoo! Baby, that got me fired up. The people's champ for the champ. That's beautiful right there. The Rock, my man. I'm doing great now after hearing that. Figured we'd get you fired up. It's a little surprise for you, champ, to kick things off tonight. Guys, make sure you're subscribing to the Blackheart Gold Pants podcast feed wherever you guys get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. We are everywhere that you guys can get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends. Follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. We also have a new thing going on for that we're going to bring out for football season that we're going to start right now. It's a voicemail line. So give us a call at 224-661-0909. We want to hear from you guys. Drop a voicemail with either live reactions to games this season, predictions are for the next game, hypothetical questions for the outside zone. Best voicemails will make the show each week. Again, the number is 224-661-0909. Put it in your phones now so you guys are ready to come football season. And let's get into it. So just like Iowa establishes the run early, each week we want to establish our show with an opening question that we're going to call the outside zone. This is another opportunity, guys, like I mentioned before, to get your questions in via the voicemail. So 224-661-0909 or send them to us on Twitter. Different hypothetical questions, actual questions you guys want us to kick the show off with. What Anything and anything is is out, is on the table. This week, we're going to talk about Oliver Martin, and it's inspired by uh, an old school commercial. What would you do for a Klondike bar? And the question is, what would you do for Oliver Martin to be eligible? Champ, we'll start with you. First of all, I can't say how much I love Klondike bars, and it's been a long time since I've eaten one. That song got me going for a little Klondike. I might have to pick some up this week. But for the question at hand, I would sacrifice week one not only nate stanley for week one but our offensive coordinator brian ferentz i'd let peyton manzel handle the quarterback job and i'd have ken o'keefe as our offensive coordinator (laughs) if that gives me oliver martin for the rest of the year i would sacrifice them both and i still think we beat miami of ohio by double digits week one then give me oliver martin the rest of the season wait so you also get Oliver Martin in week one in this. In this. Oh, yeah, we get we get Oliver Martin week one. We just know Nate Stanley and Brian Ferentz also can sit and watch. We don't need either of them, but then we get Oliver Martin He's going- the whole season. So wait a minute, wait a minute. We've talked, like, do you even follow me on Twitter at this point? We talked about this all last night. We wake up this morning and talk about it, and you're going to slot in Ken. I'm going to surpass the whole thing about Brian Ferentz. Whatever. You're a hater. We all get it. But you're not even going to put Tim Polisek in the OC yeah, job? You're going to put I Ken know. O'Keefe? You're all in love with Tim Polisek right now, but Ken O'Keefe's done the job. I know Tim Polisek has, too. 
but Kennel keeps done the job for Iowa. He can slide in week one. Polisek can be his like right hand man helping him out with the run. He could be his run game coordinator week one. How about that? Kennel Keefe can be the pass game coordinator. Polisek can be the run game coordinator. So you're gonna put in a Peyton Mansell who is honestly probably better doing like RPOs and some sort of like play action, good on his feet, and you're gonna put Ken O'Keefe in there instead of the guy that had Carson Wentz doing all of that at North Dakota State? Yes. Okay. If that's all you're going to give up for Oliver Martin, I don't think you really want him that much. Well, it's also – and I also mean, to piggyback on that, Champ, we know you don't – you aren't in love with Brian Ferentz, so you sacrificing Brian Ferentz for a game isn't saying. really how much you want to well, get Oliver Martin. It's really, it's really sacrificing Nate because Nate is a key contributor, and it's week one. I just threw in Brian Ferentz because I knew it would fire you guys up, and I thought, why not? Let's sit him too. I don't even think you like Nate Stanley that much, so I don't even think that's that much of a sacrifice. Oh, I love Nate Stanley. It's just I don't have a first-round love like you do. Yeah, I mean, Jared's an island on that one. Jared, what are you sacrificing? What would you give up? What would you do for Albert Martin to be eligible week one? So I went more personal, not sacrificing things on the team that I want. I expect to win the Big Ten West and go to the playoff. So I'm not going to sacrifice any part of my favorite football team. Rather, I'm going to sacrifice me. I am not – I would give up not eating tacos for the entirety of the Iowa football season and I'd give up my face. I would grow a mustache if Albert Martin got uh, eligible. See, as see, me and DC already know how this goes, though. You go on these little kicks where you don't eat cheese, you don't eat meat because you watch, like, a random documentary <laughs> that you don't eat meat for, like, th- you say it's going to be for, like, a month. But it ends up being, like, two days. So we all know you're not giving up tacos for what amounts to be six or seven months. That's not happening. But that's how much Let's I want Oliver Martin to play this year. I'm willing to give up. The, this is what I've had the last three nights for dinner. Grilled chicken put into a tortilla with melted cheese and a little ranch of bar- barbecue sauce. I've been on my own. It's kind of been a little bachelor's life for me. But yeah, that's why I've had three nights in a row. That's a lot to give up. But you, you're not going to be able to sustain it. That's the issue. You have to give up something that you actually will then not have for whatever period of time you're giving it up. But for. I have the heart of a champion. I do what I say I do. He'll be able to do that. And he's picking something that means a lot to him to give up with, in return getting Oliver Martin to be eligible week one. I'm totally with, with that. I and growing a mustache. I don't, I don't think Jerry's very disciplined at all. Wow. He's an ultimate fence rider. So let's not call him very disciplined. One week it's this prediction. One week he's back on another one. That's not my definition of discipline. Sorry. Being disciplined with your diet and with what you do with your personal life is very different than being a fan of a, of a team. That's true, but I mean, Jerry's diet is also not like top of the line. Let's be honest. Thank God I lift. I mean, yeah, he works out a lot. If you've seen his arms, you'll you know that. But he likes to eat himself some pizza and tacos, (laughs) as he's said in his last three meals. Have all been the same thing. So I work out to maintain at this point. But again, I'm giving up something that really I enjoy, and I'm growing a very blonde mustache. Like, that's going to look horrible on me. That's what I'd give up for Oliver Martin. No You're giving up it. an OC Your you hate. Is, you have blonde hair. No one's even going to see the mustache. Huh. Weak. I don't think it's enough. You you don't want Oliver Martin enough, I don't think. Here, here's what I'm willing to give up. And again, we don't actually have to do these things. This is just what would you do. But I would give up watching the Chicago Bears on Sundays if Oliver Martin was eligible. Wow. No No shit. shot. Oh, that is so ridiculous and so not true. You'd go a half of one game. The opening game against the Packers, you would be so upset that you wouldn't watch. It would take you a quarter to flip that back on, and then Oliver Martin would be back on the bench real quick. <laughs> I don't think Champ understands the, the, the dynamic of this game. <laughs> I know it's not actually going to happen, but hypothetically, right. Oliver Martin... Hypothetically, he's correct. I think you watching it would put Oliver on the bench. If I knew Oliver Martin would be eligible week one, I would give up watching the Bears because I believe that addition to this offense puts her over the top for what this season could be for Iowa. So you don't want to watch the Super Bowl Bears of 2019. That's what you're going to give up. That's a that's not, that's, I, it's not smart. That's an interesting question, though. If it came down to you only had to be able, you only had the opportunity to watch a Super Bowl run Bears or a national championship run Iowa Hawkeyes, which one do you choose? And you have to pick one. Uh, it's as much as I love the University of Iowa, it's the Chicago Bears. I'm sorry. It's, I mean, it is. 
I, I think it's Iowa. And I, the only reason I say the Bears is because Iowa has been in my life probably from like age 17 to 18 to now age 32. The Bears have been in my life since I was like could watch TV, age four or five with my father. So that's, I mean, that's another 14, 15 years added on there. So here's the other way I'm looking at it is think of how many college football teams there are. The chances of Iowa winning the national championship just based on the sheer numbers is so far less than when the Bears win the Super Bowl. So if I have to pick for one season which team I would I would give up to watch the other one win a championship, I'm going to give up the Bears to watch Iowa win a national championship. I mean, you definitely gave up more than me or Jerry did. That's not even a Way question. Way more. If, in this hypothetical game, I don't think it would last, but you definitely gave I'd up I would be more. very lonely on Sundays without you know talk to, talk to the two of you. Yeah, that would be hurtful for you. <laughs> but, hey, it's how much I think he would help this offense. The, with the amount that he's in these practice or these uh, camp photo galleries, he, they want him to be a big part of this offense. Well, let's talk about that real quick because right now there has been a lot of people getting their, their eligibility either approved or denied. There's been a couple Michigan guys that have gotten denied as of the last like day, day and a half. I think by now we would already know that he's been eligible or appointed eligible, so I'm a little worried that this isn't going to happen but at this point. I read an article this week that said it was a 30% shot, so I, I'm not that confident. But I don't remember who tweeted it, but I think every day that goes by, it's more optimistic that he gets cleared to play. Is that because they're fighting it still? Like every day they're fighting it, or is it just because like – the NCAA, because the NCAA takes it as they come. So if he was a really late, like, register to be eligible, then he just hasn't even but had his opportunity like, yet. I mean, how hard is it to pull a file and look at it, no matter, regardless of when? Well, it, the NCAA is pretty incompetent, DC. I don't know how much you file right, some that's of this stuff, all this, but this they is, made a pretty dumb rule change today for agents. This is why so we're God playing this question to begin with, is that there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing. So what could we do to sweeten the pot for the NCAA? I... Would you give up? Would you give up another season of Drew Hot's career to have him eligible? Poor Drew Hot, man, that hurts. Drew Hot, such a likable man and such a quality player too. When do you, when do you guys think we will find out on Oliver Martin's case, Jerry? What do you think? Friday, this Friday. Yes, I think it's so media day. Is, I think we find out what's happening at is least. Is that why Iowa dropped the Gary Barter extension news on a Wednesday instead of a news dump Friday? Because they're going to get the Oliver Martin news on Friday. Then it's going to be bad news if it's going to come out on Friday, like that. Champ, I think it's done. I think we know by the end of the weekend for sure. But Friday seems right. Champ, what do you think? Uh, I think it's early next week, Monday or Tuesday. It's not going to be much longer. It'll be within the next week. I mean, at this point, we've seen him in so many practices that they have to let him know yes or no. So they have to either switch him in, switch somebody else in the slot for him, or continuous continue to have him in there but they can't just let him keep hanging in the wind here so i'm one that loves storylines and wouldn't the best storyline be week game week he becomes eligible like tuesday we get we get oliver martin i mean that would be awesome sure in like theory but i want to know now because i'm already i've already been hyping up nate stanley doing rpos in practice off of one picture i saw of him maybe looking at aj epinesa or maybe looking at a linebacker I mean, nine, so I'm ready to know that I have Oliver Martin on the team right nine now. Nine times out of ten, he's looking at AJ Epinesa. Nine times out of ten, he's doing RPOs because Tim Polisek's there, baby. He's got a voice in the in the head in the coach's room. There okay. we go. Okay, haters. All right. On that note, let's get into what we want to talk about this week, guys. We want to go back, hit nostalgia. Everyone does their favorite things for the talk about their favorite things for football season, their fantasy football things with the solid verbal stuff like that. We're going to kind of do a little different approach. We're going to go through our favorite Iowa things. It could be sports related. It could just be university related. It could just be Iowa city related. Anything and everything's on the table this week. It's our five most favorite Iowa things. But if you follow the people champ on Instagram, you know he does not do top five lists. He does top six lists. So champ has a six that he's going to kick us off with. Champ, I'm going to throw it to you to kick things off. Yeah, I, uh, I don't. Why stop at five? I mean, when you can do a top six list, you might as well do a top six list. I don't like stopping at five. So my number six thing that I love about Iowa, specifically Iowa City, I kind of broke this into just Iowa City. 
So my number six thing on my list is Ponchero's Burritos. Oh, my we God. Talked, we talked about this last week in the Chipotle versus Ponchero's. This is literally how much I love Ponchero's, that it made my list of things that I love about Iowa slash Iowa City specifically. They're just so wonderful. I, I would estimate in my four years at Iowa – that I probably ate about 400 to 500 Ponchero's burritos. Champ, you probably spent so much money, you partially own that Ponchero's location. I might, I might have like a, you know, a tenth of a percent ownership in Ponchero's. I, I mean, I would have three, four a week easily. They're so good. They're great for dinner. They're great for lunch. They're great for like drunken nights. They're just a wonderful meal. And I just love Ponchero's burritos. Would you give up Ponchero's if you lived in Iowa City for Alva Martin to play? If I lived in Iowa City, no, that would I, that'd be too much to give up. You don't want them that it's bad. A two, it's a two or three a week thing for me when I live there. It, they're just so wonderful. Jer, how far down would you have to go on a list of Iowa things for Ponchero's to show up? The bottom? I mean, I just, okay. this is Here really... Here we go. Like, first of all, Ponchero's at this point isn't just an Iowa City thing. I've been to two in New Jersey. There's, I know, I think they started with one in Iowa City, one in Michigan. Like, let's just not pretend that this is just an Iowa City thing that you have to go all the way there for. Well, this, that's the only place I've ever seen them. I'm sorry I don't live in New Jersey, and I haven't frequented Michigan a lot. So the only time I've ever had a Ponchero's burrito is in the beautiful state of Iowa, and specifically in Iowa City. So do you enjoy the Ponchero's pump-up song, too? Is that like a thing of yours that yeah, you also oh enjoy? Yeah, pump, pump it up with the Ponchero's, baby. I always try to pump it up because then I would know I got a free burrito, and that would be wonderful. <laughs> All right, so if Panchero's is, at your, is in your number six spot, champ. Kick us off with the actual five. Who's fifth on your list? Uh, fifth on my list is another kind of a food. It's not really a food establishment. It's more of just an establishment. Number five for me is Come and Go. I love <laughs> Come and Go in, in Iowa City. Not only did they have the, the, the most underrated thing about Come and Go is the gas. Wonderful. <laughs> The ga- well, the gas is given because it, it was so much cheaper than any other gas oh station. My God. <laughs> I had a vehicle for three of the four years I was on campus, so I had to frequent get, frequently get gas. So come and go would come in clutch there. But the beer selection, they have a wonderful beer selection. I'd say 75 to 80% of the beer that I bought in Iowa City came from come and go. You would go in, you'd hit that cooler in the back, you'd load up on your 30-pack of Bush Light or whatever you were drinking, and then it's just a beautiful place. You can get your late-night snacks there. If you're drunk and coming back from the bars, you can make a quick stop at come and go. You get some combos, you get some Snickers, (laughs) you get whatever you want. Combos are my favorite snack. You go there, you hook it up. I just loved come and go. I miss it. They don't have those type of places here in Chicago. Come and go was a staple for me, and it's number five on my list. Champ, before we move on, just you don't have to tell me specifically if you just yes or no. Do you have any actual drunk food establishments on the rest of your top five? I do, yes. <laughs> okay, so come and go is not your drunk food stop of choice. It's, I mean, it's one of them. I would stop and frequently, frequently get snacks there. You, not, I didn't even have to be drunk. Just coming home from class, I needed a little pick-me-up. Boom, I get a Snickers. Boom, I get a king-size Reese's. Come and go, baby. It came through so many times in my life, and I love it. This is the most I've seen Jerry laugh at anything Champ said, and I don't know if he can keep going with the show today. I can't believe it. I love, and, and as you guys know, in college, I lived literally two blocks away from a beautiful come and go. Yeah. Jerry, what is, what is your fifth thing? So my number five favorite Iowa thing is, um, oh, man, um, I can't remember the name of oh, I can't I literally can't remember the name of it. Shit, champ. Um, the basketball stadium. What's its name again? Okay, now he's gonna be a smart ass. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Carver is not on my list, but number five on my list because of course, again, this is me and I can't just make one decision. I picked the entirety of the Ped Mall because everything in the Ped Mall is has some of my favorite, favorite things. So from DC's on a Friday after class, going to some of the uh, Prairie Lights bookstore, Daydreams Comics. I spent a lot of time there. I'd walk out, get a nice witch witch sandwich. I'd also spend some time. Witch witch was garbage. <laughs> Fine, you want to go? You have a Marco's cheese stick or um, uh, what's it called? Grilled, grilled cheese. cheese. Grilled cheese. You have yeah, whatever you wanted in the Pen Mall. Anything right there. 
Yeah, anything that you could pick, anything you could dream of is all right there for you in the Ped Mall at any time of the day. If you wanted to go to Saloon, have some nice sangria and a little queso, because the queso at Poncheros is kind of overrated, you go there to the Ped Mall. It's all right there for you. If you want to have a little drunken food, you go to Mesa Pizza. It's all there in the Ped Mall. I love the Ped Mall. It's what I miss. It's one of the top things I think of every time I think about Iowa City. This this literally is the most Jerry answer ever because you couldn't <laughs> pick just one. I know. It's like there's a, how many things are in the ped mall? I'll tweet five things. <laughs> I'll tweet my list after this podcast airs because my list literally has like I think maybe fifteen things, and then I had to just bunch them into one. You should have done a top six list. You could have got an extra thing on. There, I did bro. have a top six list. One of them was making fun of you for not remembering what Carver was. Well, it's one of his favorite things. What I was so, making fun of you. What was one of the, your favorite things in the Ped Mall? The statue of the guy playing the saxophone? That oh, for sure. I definitely have like okay. eight pictures of me drunk somewhere with me oh, sitting yeah. with him. I think I rode that guy like multiple times. <laughs> you rode him? Like I jumped on him at some point and yeah, give him a little ride. I also enjoyed when I turned 21, there was that little liquor store right next to like, I think it's a cupcake place now. I frequented yeah. that place a bunch too and paid way over top dollar for like some crappy like Hawkeye vodka. Yeah, it was super expensive, that place. You are so correct. funny, But it was open to like 4 in the funny morning. Funny story exactly. about that place is uh, my senior year before finals, we were out because, you know, it was finals. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> but we were out when there was the Iowa State basketball weekend, and we were at a bar. I don't remember which bar we were at, but we ran into some Iowa State, like way old alumni who just like wanted to hang out and have a good time. They wanted to go back, like, have a bunch of people over at their hotel room to, like, party afterwards, and they wanted to get beer. This was right as that liquor store was closing. These guys tried getting in. They got denied. They just buy the cases off the kid who got the last two cases for the night from them. Like, just gave him 50 bucks and told him, give me your case of beer. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Amazing. It was, like, the one time Iowa State's done something good in my life. That is pretty sweet. But to be a little more sentimental, too, before we close this up, there was lots of times that, like, as an English major, I would kind of just, like, go to the Pedmont, and I'd find a nice bench, and I'd read a book. And, like, those times, like, I just really liked those times because I'd be able to people watch. I'd be able to get, like, deep into some Shakespeare novel I had to read. It was all just really good times for me. I enjoyed the Pedmont a lot. It's pretty basic. He just, as an English major, who wants to go sit on the bench and read a book. That's it. That's, that's all life is. Shakespeare, specifically. What were you reading? Romeo and Juliet or Othello? Nah, Hamlet, bro. Oh, Hamlet. Right, I'm okay. going to bring things back to, to actual football, actual Iowa football. And the moment, I think, from that, that sticks with me a lot for it. It's super, super random. I told Jer he's not going to know what this was until I actually shared it. So I'm sure he's ready to hear it. But it's the stand versus Syracuse in 2006. The goal line stand, wow. eight straight plays. So I had to have, must have just committed to go to Iowa, like signed everything, I got accepted, all that you stuff. You committed. And I was working at a restaurant. It was one of those 11 a.m. games versus Syracuse. And everyone's, I was opening up where I was working. And so it was on the bar, and I was just like casually watching it. And then I just caught myself just being mesmerized by this goal line stand. I was like, all right. Like, it's like the first time I actually was, I feel emotionally invested in an Iowa game. And it's something that's going to probably stick with me forever. But like, just even going back and reading about that, like Mark Morehouse did a whole thing on it last last summer. Reading about the goal line stand, I mean, eight straight plays of not letting a guy, not letting a team score, is unbelievable. And it's something that Iowa wise will always stick in the back of my head. It's something that I'll never forget. Yeah, that's a pretty awesome moment. Eight straight, I remember that game. It was a great game, a great way to win it. I mean, eight straight times shutting him down. That's a pretty awesome moment. That's I wouldn't have remembered that if he wouldn't have brought that up, though. So that's a, that's a good poll right there. So, I, DC, I would have never, you're right, I never would have guessed this in a million years. But can you guys, do you guys remember what Jason Manson's stat line was that day? I mean, it was so bad. It. I, just, yeah, I know I that. Not good. He... I, I remember, I think I was with you, Jer, but I remember sitting behind Jason Manson's family for that game. They were sit, His sister was sitting in front of me in the student section, and I was absolutely ripping him the <laughs> entire game. He played so bad, and I, his sister just kept giving me the death looks of hell in front of me. So, so he was 16 of 32 for 202 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. Oh. God. And Iowa won twenty to thirteen. 
DC, I can't believe that was your choice. You must have been really excited to get into Iowa. I was really excited. And like that's like it's just like the first that first game is like that you kind of feel connected to the school. Yeah. And it just it's going to stick with me forever. It was. Yeah, it, it's crazy. God, I'm seeing some names here. Andy Brodell, Albert Young, Scott Chandler. Huh. Yeah. Matt Crowell. A-Y. I loved a little A.Y. in my life. Yeah, I mean, that defense was so good, too. Abdul Hodge, Chad Greenway. That's half the reason I went to Iowa is because of those two boys. What's the other half? Uh, we'll get back. We'll get to, to that later, maybe oh, in my list. Who tease. knows? All right, let's go to number four. Jerry, why don't you kick things off for number four? All right, so number four for me um, is so I'm going to preference this by saying like there might be oh. other schools that have this thing, but every time I tell the stories about this thing, they are always amazed at how. Why I like how we had these. So my number four favorite thing about Iowa slash Iowa City is mopeds. And <laughs> there's there's two particular reasons why I love mopeds so much. One, I fell in love with my now wife on the back of a moped. She took me to Falbo's Pizza after Hawkapalooza number two, where big boy smoked weed inside of the IMU. And I got in a lot of trouble for that. And the second reason being is when the three of us were together, champ, you took your first moped ride ever. You took it right outside the bank across the street from your favorite spot, Poncheros. And without any lessons, you figured out how to get yourself around the block perfectly. And then at the very last moment, you panicked, you locked your wrist, and you went steaming into the side of the bank, putting your feet down as a brake, slammed into it. Somehow out of a group of 25 people, you hit none of them. It was still some of the best times I remember. I took my uh, my sister-in-law's moped for one summer. I had it the entire summer. It was the best thing. And for some reason, when we tell people this, other universities don't have this many people on mopeds. And I think maybe because Iowa City's so big, that's why. But um, it's one of my favorite things about Iowa City. So it's funny that you mentioned mopeds that, I mean, you did tell that story pretty accurately. I went around the entire area of the ped mall slash that little downtown area perfectly get to the light right there to turn left, right by the Poncheros. And I was waiting to turn left and I panicked. And then as soon as I, the light was turning red and I got to turn left, boom, I just could not stop and just locked in that accelerator, went right up on the sidewalk, had to put my feet down, nearly killed myself. <laughs> Thank God didn't ruin the bike or my head or any pedestrians, luckily. He might have hurt your head. That was the first time and last time I've ever been on a moped (laughs) since. Uh, But I was talking to my wife now a couple weeks ago, and I was like, you know what? I think I want to take some moped lessons. I think I want (laughs) to get back on a moped. I want to take a little class so I can learn how to correctly ride one. And I think next summer in the shy, I'm going to get myself a moped. It's not a motorcycle. I still want to take a class because you've seen the one time I've been on it and it was not good. So I want to be able to learn or at least have someone that's ridden one multiple times show me how to properly ride it. So if you're in the greater Chicagoland area and know about moped lessons, send them over to Shy People's Champ on Twitter. We got a lead. That's a bizarre thing to need to do. Um, Champ, is that moped accident why you don't love like jet skis and things like that? Uh, I've never been a fan of like roller coasters, jet skis, any of that kind of stuff. But yeah, that moped incident did not help things. I will admit, uh, to your point, Jared, when I got to campus, I was like, man, everyone's got a moped. I feel like I need to get a moped. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I never did get one. But it, there's there were a lot. And you also kind of get the... Now being out of school, you get kind of the worry of like what football player is going to get in trouble on a moped. Oh, yeah. That, I forgot to even mention that. There was multiple times when we were at school, like I forget what the lineman was, but he got nailed by a cam bus on a, on a moped. My wife was a field hockey player. She rammed her moped in the back of a cam bus staring at a gentleman. I like to pretend it's me. Probably was. It definitely wasn't. Um, but yeah, it was just. And the other thing, too, was how many mopeds would get jammed up into like the bike racks that they had? Like all the bike racks in Iowa City never had bikes in it. It was just full of mopeds. Oh, yeah. All the time. And I never actually knew where you could i knew like there was the parking and like parking garages for mopeds but i never knew where else you could park mopeds without getting a ticket no you always got a ticket and if you didn't have your flag up you also got a ticket i knew that and yeah they, they, but nobody ever had the flag up like they just would just zip around no problem they often get away but it's to the point where i think we're going to get a moped the minute we move into a neighborhood 
there's a lot there's a lot in the city of Chicago too. So champ, you won't be out of place when you take your lessons. Yeah, I want to learn so, so I can get to work easier, a little moped ride. In five episodes, we've got the people's champ wanting an RV and a moped. I think the moped is a little more realistic for, like, in the coming years. The RV is, in like, in the future. Probably. Somebody's going to donate an RV by the time, like, we get done with this podcast. Oh, speaking of which, Joe Tiller is auctioning off, his estate's auctioning off his old RV. I was going to say, isn't Joe Tiller, <laughs> he is, like... He is passed dead? away. Okay. His estate is auctioning he off had, with... He had, a wonder, he had a wonderful mustache. I mean, his mustache is beautiful, Jerome. Yours, we wouldn't even be able to see. At least I'm sacrificing something that I care about. <laughs> All right. Before we, before we get to champs number four item, let's take a quick break, and we'll get back and get back into our list of Iowa things. And we're back. We have our, our list, our favorite Iowa things. We're on to number four. Champ, why don't you kick things Go back to you with number four. My number four favorite thing about Iowa and Iowa City is KRUI Radio. I was hoping you would say this. I worked on KRUI Radio for two years, my junior and senior year. It was some of the best times I had. Uh, I co-hosted two shows weekly, one on a Sunday, one on Friday afternoons. And it was just my passion. I loved it. We talked all things Iowa. Uh, It was much like this podcast. It was a great time. Uh, and I learned, you know, some of my, you know, intricacies of speaking and blah, blah, blah. That was what I wanted to do, you know, always growing up. And I lived my dream working on KRUI radio uh, with my boy, uh, Jordan Loparena, who now works for Big Ten Network. And yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. We had we had some great times. Champ, I think there's a segment or something happened a couple times with the KRUI that there's a story or two involved that you could share with the listeners. Uh, I mean, there was some segments that didn't go as planned, and there I actually did not swear at any time during my time. Which, if you listen to the show, you know that's hard that for was, Champ to do. Yeah, that was very hard. I There was a couple times where I had to stop myself, but I mean... Yeah, it was. There were some great times. I don't know specifically what you're referring to, Jerome. Maybe you can enlighten me on the specific thing you were talking about. We'll talk after the show. I'm thinking oh, it has yeah. something to do with the word that wasn't actually a, a curse word. Correct, and you got you got in trouble for saying like an mf'er, but oh, you didn't say yes, mf'er. Yes, yes, that was the time when I made a statement and then said I renege that statement and. My um, my producer at the time said he muted me immediately and thought that I swore, but reneged is a word, and I used it properly. It still makes me nervous, and I'm the one producing the show. <laughs> me too, and I knew the story. <laughs> yeah. Forgot the word, but I knew the story. All right, I'm going to get into some fun things with my number four. It's drunk food. My number one drunk food spot was Falbo's Pizza. <laughs> With a bullet. Oh, that's such a beautiful. That was that's my number three on my list. So go ahead, DC. I'll I'll jump it, on it. It's it's a place I lived kind of close to my junior and senior year on campus, and made it a point to stop there after any night out. It's probably also a reason why <laughs> I weigh as much as I did in college because it it's not great not great for you but i loved falbo's pizza as a, as a kid from chicago or the chicagoland area growing up i love my pizza and falbo's was one of my I favorites mean, it was in iowa just city so good you'd go there two dollar slices and they weren't these like puny little thin crust bullshit slices that you get at other places they were thick they had a shitload of pepperoni on them they were so good me and my roommate zach would go there at, oh, literally every weekend i think Anytime we would go out, we would go, we'd get Fabo's pizza. We'd even get, sometimes we'd order extra so we can have it for the next day for lunch or, you know, even for breakfast at sometimes for, you know, going to a tailgate, have a quick, you know, cold slice of Fabo's pizza. That's number three on my list. The best pizza in Iowa City. I love Falbo's. If I were to ask you if Falbo's pizza is open before 8 p.m., like, would you know if they are or aren't? Because I never uh, went I, I, earlier than that. Oh, no. I, I lived a block away, so it was right on the way home from the bars, stop at Falbo's, load up on some pizza. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I was ever there before, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. Like, if their hours were 8 to 3 in the morning, would you be shocked? See, actually, that's not true, because no. they had a wonderful lunch special <laughs> that I would get every once in a while. I think it was two slices of pizza, 
and a pop, and it was like $4. And I frequented there a lot for lunch. I'm forgetting about that. I mean, how could I forget about that wonderful lunch special? I would hit that up all the time. <laughs> so we confirmed, Joe, they opened before 8 p.m. They have confirmed. Thank you, champ. <laughs> they were definitely open at, at noon, at least. All right, so Phelps' champ's number three. It'll roll into my third one, which is before you go to the drunk spot, where you're going to go for the bars, and it's FAC at DC's. Ugh. I Jerry kind of stole my thunder when he was taking the whole ped mall, but um, <laughs> DC's was our, was my FAC spot. Getting the steins and getting the fish bowls, it popcorn. popcorn. It was the spot I would me and my friends would go at, for FAC all the time, and so that was my spot Friday night, especially during football season. Kick off the weekend before of full of debauchery and all that fun stuff it was it was my spot to go dc's was such a great spot to go to like right after class like if you got there like one two o'clock and started your friday off with a couple fish bowls like you were in for a really rough ride towards like two three in the morning but you knew you're gonna have a lot of fun in between there too Plus, like I said, I, I think every time I go into DC's, whether I get a beer or not, I go straight to that popcorn machine and I get myself some of the most stale popcorn that you can imagine, and I freaking well, love I'm, it. I eat. I, I think I ate at least ten pounds worth of DC's. To your popcorn. other point, Jerry, about going I, going there like right after class at one or two o'clock in the afternoon. If Iowa had a premier home game that we wanted to go to Saturday, like for Saturday, and be there, we knew we could go to DC's early and call an early night and be. Plenty intoxicated for a ready good to amount. go. Yeah. What can I ask you a question, Earl Jerome? What's more stale, the popcorn at DC's or the chips at Chipotle? Uh, definitely the popcorn at DC's because the chips at the Chipotle I go to are perfect, just like their uh, guacamole and their burritos. No, not at all true. But sure, I I was a fan. I wasn't actually really a fan of DC's. When I was in college, and I actually went there more after college. When I was in college, it was Etcetera. And as you guys know, I was not a big fan of Etcetera because I got a couple drinking tickets at that lovely <laughs> establishment. So when I was in school, it was, I think maybe my senior year, it switched to DC's, but I kind of stayed away. But I, I've been there a lot since I've graduated, and it is that little second level. I like that little, you can look down at people, and it's, it's good people watching. Yeah. It's a good time. Jared, what's your number three thing, favorite thing about Iowa? My number three favorite thing about Iowa, God, I'm so bad at this, is Kirk Ferentz and Chris Doyle together as a combo unit. First, I want to just say to everybody out there listening that Chris Doyle is only 51 years old. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That is nuts. Like, this dude is the best strength and conditioning coach in the nation. And I just want to get on my little soapbox here for every single person out there that does this every August. Oh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Iowa strength and conditioning is probably one of the highest paid coaches in all of college football. And it's just little old Iowa over there. Little old Iowa over here is taking one, two star kids and making them NFL talents. And they don't do that without Chris Doyle. And if it's not for Chris Doyle, it's because of Kirk Ferentz taking them after the Chris Doyle approach and making them so found like so grounded in their technique and so grounded in the nfl approach that these these gms and these scouts find these guys at iowa and know that they can implement them right into the game so everything about kirk ferentz and chris doyle's relationship together i love that passion that those guys like just they find kids and they create these superstars in my eyes and to take guys that are just like average like it could have been you it could have been me it could have been anybody and they make them into nfl talents like that's part of the iowa like tradition at their football facility that i really do love and when like Gary Barta comes out and says, when graduate, do it right. Like, that's the thing that I think about that's, that's, that's the, I think he's trying to touch on is the fact that Iowa continues to do this and they are a, they're a runway to the NFL and it's because of those two guys. That literally, Jer, is my number one thing. And I summed it up. Wow. This is how I wrote it. It was the Iowa football identity, which isn't yeah. exactly Kirk Ferentz and Chris Doyle, but it also is exactly Chris Doyle and Kirk Ferentz. Like, for the last 20 it's years the developmental program it's the you know defense run game win a close ball game it's it's everything that like from being from it's ethical. right it's, but it's also just like what we grew up football wise liking 
And sure, it's frustrating at times running the same outside zone play mm-hmm. over and over again, the same formation, and not adopting new schemes to kind of even run similar plays. But at the same time, it's kind of what drives my passion of Iowa sports and why I wanted to do a podcast about Iowa with you guys because I because that kind of football identity is something that resonates with me and what I love most. It's it's the Stan versus Syracuse. It's what's number two on my list, which mm-hmm. we'll get to in a second. It's all of these things that just kind of combine, make a football team that I want to root for and I identify with. And it's kind of your your lunch pail, hard hat, developmental program that if they did a little bit more self-promotion, they'd probably get some better talent and be perennial contenders in the conference and in the national picture. Yeah, I, I mean, we were all pretty much on the same wavelength. My number three was Falbo, so I'll just jump to my number two. And I literally wrote, Iowa football on Saturdays, tailgating, watching Iowa football, and Kirk Ferentz. I kind of did it, pulled a Jerome and just added them all together. <laughs> but I, that's what I feel, like number two – on my list is all those things. Kirk Ferentz is a staple of Iowa football, like you said. The whole tailgating experience before games is one of the funnest and still continues to be, when I go back, some of the funnest times I've ever had in my life. Just going to those tailgates, getting ready for the game, and then game day at Kinnick, back in black when that hits, when it comes on, it just I still get goosebumps every time I hear it. And it's it, that goes with... Kirk Ferentz, Doyle, and the entire Iowa football program uh, on Saturdays. And it just, I just love it. And it was number two on my list. I think, too, what gets me, and like, I was, again, doing this list, I got a little emotional last night. Like, I was just thinking, like, when Kirk Ferentz leaves or eventually retires, like, I actually might, like, maybe cry a little bit because like this his identity is like how the entire state that is Hawkeye fans and all of the alumni that aren't from Iowa but like we all come together at Kirk Ferentz like we're 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 Chicago and Iowa meet like we might disagree on certain things and we might take different views of politics and life and decisions but like where we all come together is at this man who created this culture and this identity and we all love and want to believe in that identity because it's when graduate do it right like at its core it's dumb when Gary Barta says it but it's it's true it's so true and that, like, I like to believe that, like, that's what I embody as an Iowa alumni, as a person. It's that same Kirk Ferentz mentality of going, doing the right fucking things, getting the job done, and reaping the rewards of that. Absolutely. My number two, my number two, kind of go off of champs and all of this conversation, it's Sean Green. Sean oh, Green. Love it. I, th- I think might be my favorite Iowa football player. He is the epitome of doing, like, going, doing your job, he, you know... Literally. It's a, his story is well-known, right? He was literally, like, off the football team, moving furniture, like, that what he was doing, to, and then getting back into school, and then literally carried, literally carried the team in 2008. And it's something, like, those games, that game versus Penn State, the run against Purdue, where he literally was just running people over. <laughs> it, it, those are the things that... Similar to, to the, the stand, it's like things that just will stick. They immediately come to my head when I think of Iowa football. Yeah. It's Sean Green running with the football. It It's just – and that's Iowa football to me. So it just to kind of continue to build on that. Like Sean Green might be my favorite Iowa player since from when we – or from when I got into school. Yeah. Sean Green was an absolute monster. You said it all correctly, DC. And not only that, he was just a good guy, a genuine good guy, kind of, you know, just in the epitome of Iowa football. He worked his way up. You know, he, he obviously was not on the team early on, had to work at the furniture store, and then just worked his way back and became one of the nation's best running backs, was the nation's best running back that year. I mean, let's be honest, in 2008, I think he had the most yards in college football and was an absolute beat. One of my most, two of my most prized possessions. One of which is I still have that green shirt. The pose is going green. Vote twenty three from that year when we tried so hard to get him into the Heisman uh, candidacy there. But my other one, which my wife absolutely hates, and it's now hanging in our laundry room because there's no other place to put it, is this big giant. It's probably a three by three poster that they sold in the Coralville mall that I bought. And I think Sean Green signed a hundred of them 
because he averaged over 100 yards every year. And it's around the frame. It's every single uh, yard line that he had throughout the entire season. And him, like, from the back, looking up into the fan section, and he signed it. And, to the, like, to this day, it's still one of my best and most prized possessions because that season was so special to me because that was the first year that I came onto campus. And, like, coming on from St. Ambrose and going to the University of Iowa, like, I was already, like, ready to do big things. And then you have this guy that worked his way up, like we already mentioned, and is doing this special thing at Little Iowa again. It's just one of those things. It just it, it embodies everything we just talked about before. It's, it's truly a special thing to look back on. We're, get, we're getting into the nostalgia factor here that you wanted to hit on here, Joe. What's, what's your number two thing? My number two thing is back in black. Every time it hits, no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, if I hear, bah, bah, nah, nah, I, I get chilled. I just got chills doing it myself, and I'm not even – I can't play an instrument. That was all in my mouth. I don't know if you guys could tell. But, like, every time I hear that, it just brings me back to all those moments that we've shared together at Kinnick Stadium, watching the boys come out, the swarm, the energy. There's nothing like it at a night game when Iowa is playing for something. Like, I I swear to I, I could cut diamonds with my, you know, what's right now. Like, I'm just so jacked up. It gets me fired up. And, like, there's nothing in college football that compares to it to me. I know we're biased, and I get that. But, like, every time Back in Black comes on, I could be in the car. I could be having a shitty day. If that comes on, there's just, like, this juice factor that lifts me up. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I pulled the you, as you know, Jerome, and I included that in my whole encompassing of my for my number two of Iowa football, Kirk. But back in black was written down on my uh, under my number two as well. It's just it's such a wonderful song. It just embodies everybody just getting jacked up and they just rush out on the field. And I just love it. I, anytime I hear it, like you said, I immediately just think of Iowa football. It's like I don't even think of ACDC God, no. sings the song. It just goes to Iowa football. And if they ever change that song, I don't care who's the coach, if it's Brian, if it's in 50 years, it's wow. someone we have no idea who it is. They better not change that fucking song because that is Iowa football to a T right there, back in black. Just wonderful. You know Brian played with the program, right? I don't think he's going to yeah, change I Back in Black. but maybe he wants to do Your hate's thing, going too far. He better not change Back in Black or I'll be very unhappy. It's an absurd thing just to throw out there because he will never change it. Back in Black was also the alarm that I used to wake up Saturday mornings before football games. Oh, it's so great. I put it on every Saturday going to the gym. I put it on right before the games. It's, it's just the best. It's the best. All right, my number, we've been talking about number one seemingly for the last few different items, so it's up to you guys. Champ, what's your number one favorite thing about Iowa or Iowa City overall? My, my number one thing of Iowa City is going to FAC at Sports Column. It's just such a one. I mean, literally, this show is named after Sports Column. Spoko Radio, I mean, it embodies Sports Column. I would go there from my... From my middle of my sophomore year until I graduated Iowa City, 97.5% of the time when I went out to FAC, it was at Spoco. And I would play quarters. We would get big beers. Me and my friends, you guys, my other friends at Iowa City, they knew where I would be. Wherever, Whenever it was FAC and I was ready to get down on a Friday night, it was sports column. I absolutely love that place. I still go back there every time I go to Iowa City. And it's, yeah, it's my number one thing. It's the first thing I think about when I think about Iowa City. It's it's sports, Kyle. Jer, what is your number one thing? So, Champ, my number one thing was Spoko, but I had a backup because I figured one of us will be taking that. So I'm very glad that you touched on it. But I'm going to talk about another thing that, like, when I think back to my times at Iowa City and getting in Iowa football, really, it's that walk from like the apartments to Kinnick Stadium. So like that whole process of like, like you said earlier, you stop in that come and go, you grab a 30 rack, you're with your buddies, yep. you start sneaking a couple, but you make sure the box looks like it's completely full so you don't get stopped by a cop and get, and get a drinking ticket. It's, it's walking up that spiral staircase while crossing Riverside and having all the people around you being like, is this thing moving? I don't know. Is this thing going to collapse? And then, like, you get to Hillcrest and you see a passed-out freshman from the night before still slaying in the bushes. (laughs) 
And then you get to the guys that are selling the Iowa fucking city and the DJ K sold me Coke t-shirts. And then you get a little bit closer and you get the, the big ass turkey leg guy. And then all of a sudden it just opens up on you and it's a sea of yellow and black and all these passionate fans that are sitting there having a great time drinking some beers all coming together for one common goal and that's to beat the shit out of whoever's coming to Kinnick Stadium that day. And if you get there early enough, you see the players come in, you see them touch Nile, you walk into Kinnick Stadium, you touch Nile yourself. That whole process of getting to Kinnick Stadium, like I, it just it gives it just it's such a great thing to think about. And I wish I could just do that run over and over again. But that's for you youngins to keep doing. That's your time now. I'll just go and I'll sit in the dental lot and have a couple drinks to remember it. But some of those times of drinking in your apartment at 6 a.m. and walking to Kinnick Stadium are some of the best things I always remember. You gave me goosebumps there, Jer. Yeah, I'm honestly, I teared up a little. I'm not going to lie. I have just wiped away a couple of tears from my face. That was so beautiful. It's like a rite of passions, making that walk to Kinnick. It's just, it's a great thing. Yeah, and within that walk, sometimes, you'd, you know, you'd stop at someone's random apartment. You'd play like a fl- quick flippy cup game yeah. or get a little beer pong in of people you don't even know. But, hey, it's a friend of a friend of a friend's the place we're stopping at. And as long as you had beer, they'd let you in. And you'd play a drinking game with them. And then by the end of that time, you'd be fast friends and you'd continue your walk to Kinnick. It's, it's beautiful. I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Well, guys, I think we're officially ready for football season. <laughs> if you're not ready, I don't know. You must have not listened to this whole thing. I mean, I wish I could walk to Kinnick Stadium right now. It was like a 30-minute walk, but I'd fucking do it right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, if you're not, for whatever reason, ready for football season, we'll get you ready starting next week. We'll start deep diving into the conference, into Iowa specifically. We're going to get you ready for football here momentarily, but we wanted to go down memory lane and talk about our favorite things related to the University of Iowa and Iowa City. Anything else, guys, before we wrap it up this week? Yes, I, I ask you all to send us your favorite things, too. This isn't just a list for us. This is this is what makes Iowa special. So if we didn't touch on something or you're passionate about something, send them our way. We would definitely want to see them and hear them. Yeah, or, or, or if you have any questions about our things or you want us to answer a question about something else, DC mentioned the phone line. Give us a call. We'll answer. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll answer there as well. Exactly, champ. Stole the words right out of my mouth. Hit us up on Twitter at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and I'm at Dave Cray. Leave a voicemail at 224-661-0909. Give us your favorite things about Iowa. Give us a question to talk about through the show. Make a prediction for the season. We'll we'll do anything we want. We'll, we'll compile those voicemails and we'll play the best ones on the actual show each week. Uh... For Jer, for Champ, I'm DC. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Go Hawks. Falbos forever. Mesa's better. Trick or treat, Iowa City. If you don't love it, leave it. USA, number one.